On this episode of Drive with Woody Fit and Bauer Power, I bring up in the beginning of the episode uh, what I'm looking into for deadlift platforms. I'm looking really just for CNC routing. I have some like crazy cool ideas and I have one I'm working on now that's like super excited. Super exciting and um, it will be pretty dope. So if you follow us on Instagram, keep an eye out for that because it will be pretty sick. Um, it sounds excellent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then we get into the importance of hobbies and how that kind of correlates to your happiness. Um, and then Chris brings up GMOs. And we talk about organic food versus non-organic food. And I go on a little bit of a rant about uh, grass-fed beef versus non-grass-fed beef. Um, so if you like the show... Give us a rating and review in your podcast player of choice. And if you have any questions that you would like us to answer on the show, you can find me on Instagram at Woody underscore fit one three. And you can find me at Bauer Power 82. That's B-A-U-E-R P-A-U-E-R 82. So any questions or comments you have, feel free to DM either one of us. And leave us a review on the show. Hell yeah. Without further ado, let's get into this episode of Drive with Woody Fit and Bauer Power. Yeah. Uh, busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Um, busy. I just started another, working on another uh, deadlift platform, and... I'm like super excited about this one because um, it's just a four by eight. It's just a you know regular four by eight platform, but right. um, I don't know if you've seen, but like I made a standing desk. I like found a piece, got a bought a piece of live edge cedar, and made a standing desk for myself at work. Um, I was test running a standing desk for probably close to two years. Uh, made of cardboard boxes so i kind of figured it's about time (laughs) it's about time (laughs) that i put my computer on something a little bit more sturdy so i made a standing desk with a live edge piece of wood i posted it on instagram um i I saw it it looked looked really good dude thank you thank you and i've just been like learning i've kind of picked up pouring epoxy like as a hobby um And it's cool. And, like, I use epoxy when I make the platforms. So I've been itching to use my router and, like, um, or not use my router, but I've been itching to take a design that somebody wants and go get it, like, CNC routed. Oh, man. And then fill the design. Fill the design with a colored epoxy and then sand it flat so it's, like, perfectly. So, like, exactly what you routed out is you know ends up being filled with that colored epoxy and then you just epoxy over the whole thing with clear and it just looks freaking badass oh Um, that that would be killer yeah yeah i saw your i think it was a facebook post about uh about somebody with a cnc machine if mm -hmm. anybody knew anything yeah and i was like so i wonder what he wants set for (laughs) because i'm looking into it and i'm like okay maybe i'll just like get my own CNC router, right? But, like, they're big, and they're a couple thousand dollars, and it's like, okay, maybe I'll go and see if somebody offers that service. You know what I mean? I can bring you something, somebody who has, like, a big, like, I'm talking, like, five foot by ten foot CNC router that I can just bring my sheet of plywood or whatever I want to them and have them do it for me. And, dude... There might even be a market for that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm having trouble finding people. I mean, I don't know if people, there's a demand for it, but like I'm having trouble finding, you know, I I reached out to like four or five places today and one person, four of them emailed me back and said, no, we don't do that. And one person said, send me the design and I'll let you know. So Eh, it's interesting. I mean, that's something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'll be able to find. It. I mean, I found a guy who's on the other side of the state, which is five hours away. So that's kind of, you know, 
yeah. kind of question. <laughs> the return and on it, investment there would not be very good. <laughs> yes. And so, uh, anyway, back to the whole point of it. I'm looking into getting prices on that to so that I can offer that to people, right? And so I'm doing one now, and the guy that I'm doing it for, his last name starts with a U. So he was like, I just want a U on the platform. So he sent me, like, the font that he wants. I got a, like, big printout of it. I trimmed it out. And my plan is to, because it's a pretty simple design, my plan is to take the router to it myself and route out the U and then fill it with a gunmetal epoxy. And then epoxy over the whole thing. And I am so incredibly excited to do this. Just because I've been itching to do a platform like that. That would be really cool. Yeah. That'd be... And, and you know what they say. I mean, gunmetal is, is the new black. So... Yeah, you know. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, that's the thing. Is, like, something like that is... It's very basic, right? So, like, what I normally would have done is, like, stenciled it out and, like, painted it black and then epoxied over the whole thing. And then my second step or my second option that I do if the design is, like, too intricate is I get a decal custom printed. And then I just lay the decal and then epoxy over it. And so it was, like, one or the other. Either way, you're stuck with, like, a boring black color. You know what I mean? Like you can only get a certain depth out of paint. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And when you route out an eighth of an inch down and you mix up gunmetal, you know, you mix up your epoxy and then you add that gunmetal pearl metallic tint to it. Oh my gosh. It just gives it so much depth. Yeah. And just it bring it really just makes it it, it will look because i did this with so this isn't my first time pouring into a letter like this i have wood discs in my living room that say woods and yeah um i you may have seen a picture of them if i posted it, it was a while i think ago. i saw yeah i saw it yeah. uh somewhere recently mm-hmm. so that was letters routed out in wood discs that I now have filled with gunmetal epoxy. And I'm almost done. I'm not done them. But that's what gave me the idea of like... See, I thought you'd wood burned those when I no, looked at the so uh, picture. In the picture, okay. it, it kind of looks like that. But like I routed it out and then I only stained the wood inside the letter. So the letter, uh. the letters are darker than the rest of the wood because I put like three coats of stain. Um. But yeah, now I, fi- I filled it with gunmetal epoxy and I'll probably have it done in another week or so. I'm just kind of taking my time with it. But, um, but yeah, yeah. that doing is it where the time comes. Yeah, dude, I'm just, it's, it's become, I, I've, okay. I think this has contributed to my happiness because, um, there, you know, there's only a handful of things that stress me out. I'm very nonchalant, right? Just very like, whatever it is what it is. About mm-hmm. a lot of things. And uh, bills stress me out. Especially if um, it's going to be tight. Bills stress me out. And in particular medical bills. Um, yeah. Just because I don't like owing people money. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if I can't yeah. pay something right away, like it is what it is. But I don't like owing people money. And so that stresses me out, right? And then like if my family is not healthy, that stresses me out. But like pretty much not anything else that would really cause me any stress you know what i mean like work is work you know sometimes i get stressed at work it is what it is i don't take it home with me um and but but for the longest time i didn't have like this hobby that i did outside of like exercise and working out and you know working and then being with the family like i didn't have this thing that i did for me and now that I've like adopted something, I don't even want to say adopted. Like I just found something that I really truly enjoy doing. Um, yeah, it's fucking cool. It's really fucking cool. 
That is cool. You know, and it's interesting you mentioned that because, you know, finding something that you enjoy doing and that creating like or adding to your overall happiness, Mm -hmm. because that's something that I was thinking about here recently. Um, Obviously, you know, we both have pretty busy lives, so sometimes it can be hard to find ways to fit things in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that I used to do quite a bit um, was ride motorcycles. You know, I was a huge, is a huge passion of mine. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the longest trip that I took was like a, it's like a 23 day trip. Holy I went, shit. uh, yeah, it was like 7,500, no, 7,400 miles. Now, but, do you uh, have to do an oil change like mid trip? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I did an oil change before okay. and I, I use full synthetic. Yeah. So, you know, I'm the way that oils are now, you know, yeah. I think you're honestly good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And I didn't have any issues at one point. I thought I had an issue, uh, and I was like in LA mm-hmm. and I lived in Tennessee at the time. Holy shit. So, you drove all the way to LA. So I went, this is the basic course of the trip. I went from Tennessee to New Orleans the first day, which was right at 600 miles. Oh, my gosh. That was a really long day, especially (laughs) because, well, that was in my single days, and there was more alcohol involved. It was somebody's (laughs) birthday the night before. Uh, Anyway. Wow. Yeah, so from... Like Knoxville, Tennessee to LA, and then I went over to Texas, and I actually spent like three days in Texas because I had different people in different cities that I needed to see. Mm-hmm. And then I went over to uh, like Roswell, and which it was pretty cool. They've got like a cheesy little uh, cheesy little museum there. Yeah, and uh, let's see where else. I went from there, like I went through Death Valley into uh, California, Mm -hmm. and then I went, I came into California, like, I think at Long Beach, and pretty cool, got to stay with somebody on a boat there, like it was like a wooden sailboat that they used for, uh, they used for like these school groups and stuff like that, like to teach them about boats and sailing, Hmm. and when it wasn't, like one of the deckhands was... You know, I stayed with one of the deckhands, and she, uh, because the boat, when it wasn't in use, that's where she lived. Right. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, so I went from there and went up the coast to Oregon, and then basically I headed back, went through Denver and Nebraska and all that. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a really cool trip. I got to catch up with a bunch of people that I hadn't seen in a while and just see a ton of scenery. and It, it was really cool. That's but, crazy. Uh, yeah. That's but really anyway, crazy. Yeah, it, it was awesome. Um, but, yeah, what? getting back to my point, you know, motorcycles are something that I get a lot of joy out of, and I still mm-hmm. have one, but I've barely ridden it in the last year or so and i started thinking you know i should you know find a time that i can you know even if it's once a week that i can just go out for a ride even if it's Mm -hmm. like half an hour or 45 minutes like just doing something that i enjoy that's not lifting and that's uh you know yeah just something different and i know i enjoy it i remember thinking before like starting this hobby of like man like when am i gonna fit this time in like you know i'm already jam-packed i don't have time to just do something you know for fun i'm trying to build a business you know there's really no time for fun i'm trying to like build this side hustle business and even like i'm lucky because um we're also i'm also doing a project at work that's not work related but it's basically this bar countertop piece that we're doing. And we're taking a router and we're routing out like cutouts in this piece. And we're going to put like different military memorabilia 
in where we've routed out and whatnot. Essentially, okay. that's the gist of it. And yeah. so I consider that like to fall under the umbrella of my hobby, you know, of like playing with epoxy yeah. and just taking a half an hour on my lunch break and working on that is like, I feel like I did enough for today. You know what I mean? And that was 30 minutes. You know what I mean? It, it yeah. doesn't require, I don't feel like it requires hours and hours, you know, every day or even every week. There's not to, like a set amount of time you need to spend on it. Right, exactly. Like if yeah. you can, after you've found something, you spend a little bit of time on it each day, you know, or every other day, whatever. I don't know. I, I feel like the benefits are like real like even just from a little bit of time like the benefits the mental the psychological benefits are there and i don't know it's it's new to me it's totally new to me because this is the first time in like four years that i've done something outside of work 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 or like lift weights yeah well, like, well, yeah, I mean, you've got three kids, so I can, <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see that. It, and it is really easy to fall in. I can definitely see how easy it is to fall into that. I mean, mm -hmm. you see so many people that, I mean, their life is pretty much over when they have kids mm -hmm. as far as like hobbies and anything that they enjoy. And you see that they're stressed out all the time and, you know, it's uh. You have to spend a lot of time, and I shouldn't even say have to, you should spend yeah. a lot of time with your kids and you should enjoy it. You know, I mean, not every minute is <laughs> is awesome, but oh, most yeah. of them are, you know? I mm -hmm. mean, to be totally honest, like the, the times that they're crying and fussing or, you know, whatever, like they're very much outweighed by all like the fun times and just the goofy stuff you can do mm -hmm. with them and anyway yeah uh so yeah i mean that's that's really cool mm -hmm. and i think it's the perfect time of year for that too you know it's they just turn the the uh clocks back and mm -hmm. everybody is uh gonna be a little more prone to that uh seasonal depression or anxiety whatever yeah. it is mm -hmm. yeah <clears throat> especially because like I'm like I'm not like you I don't um like work you know odd hours like it's like set every week it never changes yeah and like I'm going to work in the dark and I'm coming home in the dark and yeah I remember last year when daylight savings ended and I was going to work in the dark and coming home in the dark and it was stressful as fuck. It was just, I remember it being a major factor for stress at work. Because it was like, oh, I want to try to get out of here before the sun goes down. And it was like stress at home. Because it was like, you know, I don't want to have to do thus and such. Because I spend literally all of my waking hours <laughs> at work. And I don't want to have to come home and, you know, do thus and such. And I just don't feel that way this year. I, I just don't. And I think, I honestly think it was from, like, finding a hobby. Like, having something that literally does not matter if I screw up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it doesn't matter if I mess any of this up. Because it's just a hobby. You know? I mean, outside of the deadlift platform thing. Like, it's just, a, it's just I'm just doing it for fun. Like, it's just for fun. And I don't know. I definitely think it's it's worth looking into. Um, but so I was scrolling through Instagram right before you called me. And I saw at least like three posts about the game changers. Um, oh, yeah. And it's just it's kind of hitting me like everybody is so I don't even want to talk about like uh, the content. I just want to talk about the fact that like everybody's so polarized now. But it seems like everybody's very polarized on social media, right? Yeah. Um, 
of the few posts that I saw, it was, uh, I think two out of the three that I saw were on the negative side, or on the, um, defending side, and then the one that I saw was on the, you know, attacking side, attacking the documentary. Yeah. And, um, it just, it just, I don't know, to me, it's like, when I communicate with people in real life, they don't seem as polarized as people seem on social media. Now, my question is, is do you think that, well, number one, do you notice that or can you notice that? And number two, do you think that is just because social media is so shallow and you can't really communicate to the full extent in comparison to sitting down and having a conversation with somebody and being able to see their body language and hear their tone of voice and like look them in the eye. You know, yeah, I I think that, I think that what comes out on social media is actually probably more honest than what we get in person. A lot of I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. uh, It's crazy, but it's true. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not misinterpreted, misinter- but that's right, the that's... really bad part about it. Mm-hmm. It's just like uh, when texting first became big, mm-hmm. like everybody realized pretty quick that when you send a text message, like it's hard to tell exactly what somebody means by some, you know, everybody, right. especially in some like, scenarios. Yeah, in in a lot of scenarios. Mm-hmm. And, like, if there is any chance for something to get misconstrued, if there's no tone of voice to tell someone, you know, that you're joking or that you're angry, they don't know. Yeah. And you started to see, like, things like LOL and emoticons and stuff like that become extremely popular. Oh, yeah. Because that... I guess was sort of meant to uh, to combat that, mm-hmm. but yeah, I do feel like people give a lot stronger opinions on social media mm-hmm. because there's really no repercussions. Yeah, um, you can say whatever you want, and nobody's gonna punch you in the face directly after you say that. <laughs> yeah, and it, like there's zero chance of that happening mm-hmm. in real life nowadays. I mean, honestly, you're probably not gonna have that happen, but. Yeah, You might have, uh, I don't know, I mean, maybe the people we deal with in real life most of the time are people that we're going to see again. Right. And on social media, I mean, if it's, you don't like somebody, you just unfriend them and that's it, and you, mm-hmm. you never see them again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a big part of it, the fact that there's an actual relationship with the people that you are that you see in your day-to-day life. Most of the time. I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe not a cashier at the grocery store, but even that, if you're a complete dick to the cashier at your, you know, Safeway, Publix, you know, whatever, Kroger, Mm -hmm. um, the next time you go in there, you know, it's going to be kind of awkward. So, yeah, even in that scenario where you don't even really know the person, but you go there regularly... um, well, you develop, you develop like a like certain, a rapport, yeah, yeah. You, and a certain level, kind of relationship with somebody like that, and it's, um, it's just a different kind of relationship. But even that kind of relationship, it goes deeper than, um, like social media, right? In you know social I mean? media, it's, there's it's rarely real. any depth to the. Yeah, yeah I mean, but. Caveat to that, I mean that's how I know you. Yeah, you live exactly. In Pennsylvania and I live in Florida. We never and we would connected have met. on social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And here we are doing a podcast. So yeah. it's not that it can't happen. Mm-hmm. It's just that in general, mm-hmm. that's uh, you know that's more the exception than the rule. Yeah. Uh, but there's one other thing, like uh, about the game changers thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked my wife the other day. I said, "Why do you think people?" Like jump on these fad diet bandwagons. Like, what is it? Is it the the idea that they're going to be able to get a really quick result, or you know, what do you think it is? 
And she brought up a very good point that, you know, it's like her <laughs> her uh, example was that it's like fashion. You know, this year, uh, maybe vegan is going to be the new fashion. Last mm-hmm. year, it was keto. You know, for a while, it was low carb. And if you wanted to be cool, that's what the cool kids were doing. Yeah. And, you know, it's sad, like, to think about I mean, she's right. That that yeah. is, and they've done studies to find that found out that people that buy organic groceries, they feel better about themselves because they're buying organic groceries. I feel better. I mean, fuck, dude. I don't like you can. All right, I see, and like, if you don't believe me, fucking do this test yourself. I see a difference between grass-fed and grass-finished ground beef compared to just, like, ground beef. And you buy ground beef. I don't know if you guys have these down near you, but they're called Aldi. Mm-hmm. Um, we have yeah. them. Love yeah, okay. them. There, there's some great things you can get at Aldi. But get their ground beef and put it on the counter next to um, some grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef. <laughs> it won't even look... Like, it's fr- just two separate, totally different. Um, and I don't know. It's just when you get, like, you're not just what you eat. You're what the thing you ate ate. You know what I mean? So if, you know, and <clears throat> studies have shown that when cows are stressed and they're not happy and they're um, living in shit, not not necessarily literal, but also literal. Um, their stress changes, right? If they're stressed out, it changes the kind of chemical makeup of the meat, right? And it's totally different compared to a cow that was happy and was able to graze on its own will, you know, and ate grass its entire life. And it's just like there's so I, more. I, there's, there's, I'm there's, not going to argue with you at all on the meat thing. And I, I guess what I should have said is that the study that I'm referring to showed that people felt more virtuous, that they mm-hmm. felt like they were better people for buying the organic. And definitely on meats, I'm. Um, with you a hundred percent like is that in a negative um, light is that like painting them well, in a negative light you think i would say that it's probably a false sense of virtue mm-hmm. um because i don't think like for example uh if you're talking about meat i do feel like that's a different scenario because there is an animal there and some of the conditions are really terrible mm-hmm. um and I also, like, so I buy my, most of my meat at this local butcher shop. We're really mm-hmm. fortunate that there's a butcher shop here that uh, their prices are reasonable and the food mm-hmm. is definitely way better, just mm-hmm. like what you're saying. Right. Um, but organic versus, say, genetically modified tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Use that as an example. Okay. There's not a benefit there's really not, and actually the organic, they have to use more pesticides to create that. Right, because they're not bred to be resistant. To be resistant, yeah. And like there's tons and tons of data to support the GMO stuff, but people get the, this sense To support of the GMO stuff being not... Being a good thing. Okay, it's not, okay. It's not genetically modified to kill you. What kind of business model would that be? Mm-hmm. Um, and tons, it might be a genetic modified to addict you. <laughs> well, and that that I suppose that's possible. Um, I'm just, I mean, I'm have no studies, uh, nothing to back that statement up. I'm just, yeah, being a smart yeah. ass. Um, but yeah, so I guess that's more of what I'm referring to is the fact that people. Who buy? Um, 
this, said, this particular uh, study showed that people who buy organic vegetables felt more they virtuous. They feel more virtuous, like they're mm-hmm. better people than their neighbors. Right. Just right. because they're buying mm-hmm. the non-GMO product. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll tell you what, dude. I, what is it? It's November. I, it's been five months. July, August, September, October. It's been five months since I quit chewing. Um, yeah. I feel like a fucking better person. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel better about myself. I, you know, want to say I have more self-confidence because of it. Um, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I mean, okay, if you're an mm. asshole, you're an asshole. Like, you could be an asshole and eat junk food all the time. Or you could be an asshole and only eat organic. Like, But I think that that's a little different because you've overcome an addiction that had a negative effect on you versus something that you didn't really have to do anything to overcome and it didn't have a negative effect on you anyway. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a little, but yeah, you should definitely be proud of that because that's an addiction that a lot of people struggle with their entire lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And you were able to kick it and you said five months now? Five months, yeah. It's been been five. This is the longest free. time. This is the longest time in the past nine years that I have gone without tobacco or nicotine. This nice. is the longest stretch of time in the past nine years that I've gone without tobacco or nicotine. And you want to know something? It doesn't bother me. I don't even. I don't even think about it anymore. Most of the time. You know what nice. I mean? Because yeah, it mean, was before, it was like I'd eat a meal and be like, "Oh, a chew would be really good right now," and like I would even think that like the first month or so after when I quit. But now it's just like, eh, it's whatever. I don't even think about it. It's great. I'm so happy about it. But nice. um, yeah, I don't I'm know. Happy for I, you. I feel like you could find this with anything, right? Like I feel like you could find this with where people choose to shop for things that are not edible you know what i mean right. like people who shop at walmart versus target you know yeah. what i mean and like i'm one of those people that for absolutely no reason i hate walmart i there's not one particular thing that caused me to hate walmart i just don't like walmart right yeah now i don't think you're a piece of shit if you go to walmart you know what i mean i, I don't you know, if you choose to go to walmart go to walmart right I've given Walmart my money before. I probably will at some point again in the future, you know. Um, But I don't know. I I feel like if you duplicated that study, you could find it in a lot of places. And that's just an example I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I I think the idea that I was trying to mention is just, uh, I think there's a difference when there when you're actually doing something virtuous versus when you feel like you are, mm-hmm. but really you're just virtue signaling. Right. You know? Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. But, it, you know, it's kind of funny. So the area that I live in is a newer developing area. Mm-hmm. And shortly after we moved here, they opened a Publix. Um, but when we first moved here... A Publix? Yeah. What's that? Uh, it's like a, it's a grocery store. Oh, okay. And and they're actually a really good grocery store. They actually still have cashiers, unlike Walmart. And they tend to have better products and Is the Walmart near you all automated checkouts? Uh, practically. They have a huge number of cash register lanes, and there's Mm -hmm. generally one actual cashier. Yep. Um, other than that, it's just at either end. They have all the automated things and one person supervising each of them. Oh, shit. I mean, it's not a bad but, business model because you only have to pay one person and then you have like, or two people and you have like 10 lanes that can be used. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, it's funny is I find that. So I'll shop at both. I prefer Publix. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm not going to lie. Like, so I had a situation this week. I had mentioned before the bed that I built for my son. Mm-hmm. Well, the measurements were a little bit off 
for the mattress. So there's about a three or four inch gap at the end of the mattress at the foot of the bed okay. and where the frame is. But the bed mattress is on the floor, so it's not like he can fall. Right. Um, however, at about 4.30 in the morning the other day, he <laughs> managed to roll over, get wedged, and he was very upset. <laughs> so on the way home from work, I stopped at Walmart because I knew I could get a body pillow to stuff in there. Yeah, that's a good so idea. So I went to Walmart and bought a body pillow at Walmart, you know? I mean, I knew they had them. Super easy fix. <laughs> yep. So that'll work for now. When we move into the new house, which we just broke ground, so woo finally. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, pretty hyped about that. But You could uh, just trim it, though, right? Like, you could just take it apart and, like, trim it? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, that's all. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I bet you but, that extra four inches was from... From the well, lumber. Yeah, I just calculated it wrong. Because you the had... the of the two-by-fours. You put two, two by, you put a two-by-four on either side of the two-by-four that's going across. Yep. So you added four inches. Yep. Yeah, I knew it. Is, it. Ah, yep. I'm so smart. Yep. <laughs> Dude, I yep. can't tell you how many fucking times I've done that and been like... Oh, because I was so... I made a... I made this thing for work because you you know I have the gym at work that I made. Yeah. And so I made a box to do box squats, right? Because like some of the guys that we work out with in the morning, they're not like 100% on squats, but like they can box squats. So I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to make a box that we can all use to do box squats, right? And so like measured everything out, cut everything, and it didn't fit together. And I was like, how the fuck does this not fit together? Like, I literally <laughs> drew a cube on, like, a piece of paper and made measurements up. Like, it should work. Why is it not work? And I didn't take into account the fact that the, the plywood is three quarters of an inch thick. So I it was a whole, like, inch and a half off because, you know, one was supposed to fit inside the other. So, yeah, I've made that mistake yeah. plenty of times before. <laughs> so you actually... I don't know if it's done yet, but you sent me a picture the other day of another mm-hmm. project yeah. that you're working on. Would you like to uh, talk about that for a moment? Yeah, yeah. It's not done. Um, I'm kind of, since I got I had like a couple deadlift platform orders come in, I kind of just like put that off to the side for now. But it's, I'm making a reverse hyper. And if you don't know what a reverse hyper is, it's basically this machine that you lie on with your... You lie on face down and your feet hang down and you kind of extend your feet out behind you. And it's targets the hamstrings, the glutes, the lower back. It's great for all of that. And I've heard it also helps to decompress the spine. I don't know the you know efficacy on that. But anyway, um, I wanted to get one. I don't have the space to get one in the garage right now. Yeah. Uh, I probably will when we move. Um, so I kind of figured I'll just make one, you know, you can make them kind of compact and they can tuck away and I can reorganize the garage a little bit to give it a permanent home out there um, and make it so I can just pull it out when I want to use it and then put it away. But, um, you know, I'm making a reverse hyper and, um, I mean, rogue makes them. But like mm-hmm. they're like six, seven hundred dollars, and just, oh, and they can get a lot more than that too. Yeah, I just can't justify that. <clears throat> I know Titan, like I said to you, Titan Fitness makes one, and it's mm-hmm. like three hundred and forty or three hundred fifty bucks. I'm more than willing to pay that. It's just because I don't have the room for it right now. I don't want to buy one, and like be totally shit out of luck with the room. Um, right and i had the spare wood like i literally have like less than 20 dollars into this thing right now i literally had all of the spare wood at work bunch of two by fours from something we got shipped in on a pallet it's like sweet i'm gonna keep those two by fours and made the whole thing made the whole frame up i do have to buy a couple more things i'll probably spend less than 50 dollars total um but i kind of figured that i'll build it Use the one that I build for a little bit, and then if I like it, when we move, I'll get another one. Um, yeah. But that yeah. one, that's a cool project because I had to do like 15 degree cuts on a bunch of the two by fours. 
yeah. so it was like angled the, the correct way and yeah. i used the chop saw that my um uncle-in-law gave me and it made it so fucking easy to make these like 15 degree cuts it's it was really cool so nice. um yeah so we'll see how that how that turns out but like i said it's kind of kind of on the back burner for now just because i got some other shit to take care of um but yeah it's it's going i've never really used one like regularly in training so yeah i've never used one either a while back i got on a kick where i was uh looking into how to build one and looking Mm -hmm. into the benefits and they're a little controversial there's some pretty big people that support them as well as some pretty big people that are against them well west side barbell louis simmons like invented it yeah yeah he was the guy that invented it Mm -hmm. and a lot of people i i feel like they've helped out a lot of people over the years Mm -hmm. um yeah one of the guys that doesn't care for him a lot is uh chris stuffin and he is uh, he refers to himself as a movement specialist. He's a very mm-hmm. successful lifter, and he he really does know a lot about movement, and um, he's done some really impressive stuff. But mm. I also have some interest in a reverse hyper, and the, literally the day after I talked to you, after you sent me that picture, I went down to the home site, and here in the construction dumpster was all of these 2 by 4s <laughs> And I was just like, ah, it's like a sign from the heavens that I need to build this. Dang it. Dude, do it. <laughs> so, do it. yeah. I, need I just to, feel like... I need to look can... and see if I actually drew up plans before and never did it, or yeah. if I never quite got to that stage. But well, it'd like... be pretty simple the way that I have in mind. Oh, and yeah. I already had the whole saws for the mm-hmm. uh, PVC, or not PVC, for the galvanized pipe. Yeah. Well, like, and here's my thing. If it costs me $50 to make it, then I'll use it for the next three, four months before we move and then buy one after we move. And like it was $50 to know whether or not, you know, I was going to like it or not. And I'm cool with that. I'm cool yeah. with with spending, you know, 50 to $75 to know, you know, whether or not this is something that I can implement in my training you know if i see a benefit from it so yeah i think it's worth it it's worth it to me um definitely let's do the win fail of the week oh what do you got fail of the week okay so i'm gonna start off with my win and that is gonna be that i got to go to a strongman competition this weekend Nice. And it was pretty awesome. <laughs> um, Tell me about it. Yeah. So it was a three-day event. Uh, I got to go to two days of it. The third day I had to work. But uh drove out there with my son uh, Friday afternoon after he woke up from his nap. So he got his nap, and he was, like, really good the whole time. Mm. I think it ended at uh, 8 o'clock. Friday, so pushing the bedtime a little bit, but oh, yeah. like I said, he, he was really well behaved the whole time. Nice. Um, so I was really happy about that because my wife didn't get there till about uh, maybe like six, something oh, okay. like that. She met us there when she got off of work. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that was cool. Um, so this particular competition um, is one that if you are one of the top finishers, you get invited to go to Worlds. Oh, shit. All right. So, yeah, yeah, kind of a big deal. Oh, yeah. And it was actually pretty crazy to me to see. Now, we're talking a big enough uh, competition. So Eddie Hall was there, who is multiple. Uh, he's won World's Strongest Man multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and... At one point, I was actually in line with him at the concession stand. And, oh, dude, it was like the most awkward thing in the world. Because he's standing there. <laughs> like, I walk up there to get some popcorn for my son to eat. 
There's literally no one else there but me and him. There might have been somebody with him, I think, but <laughs> in the person ringing about. So I like just, you know, stroll up there and then I realize that I'm standing right behind Eddie freaking Hall, you know? <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. So I'm kind of like, you know, maybe I'm staring a little bit. And he just kind of like turns his head and sees me there. And I did like this, like smile and awkward wave. And then he just turns back around and I'm like, <laughs> oh, what the fuck? But, uh, I would have totally would have been uh, like, oh, dude. all nonchalant. Like, oh, hey, Eddie, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> but. I did redeem myself later. Uh, so it just so happened that uh, there's a guy named Julius Maddox who just set, like a month or two ago, he set the bench press world record at 739.6 pounds. So just a hair under 740 pounds. Damn. On bench. Raw. So no bench shirt, no, you know, mm-hmm. no extra gear, um, which is... Dude, like, blows your mind. If oh, somebody yeah. had a deadlift that was 740, you'd be impressed. But oh, to yeah. bench that? Yeah. So, needless to say, he is a mountain of a man. Um, we got up at one point to go and walk around. And I turn around, and I see him. And I'm like, is that? Nah. Because he's a power lifter. He's not a strong man. But then I remembered he had mentioned in a recent podcast that when he hits the 800-pound bench, which is kind of like his lifetime goal, he wants to cut down some weight, possibly, and get into strongman and become world's strongest man. So I was like, holy shit, I'll bet that is him. So I went up to him and I was like, you Julius Maddox? Who's like, yeah, man, and... He was just super cool, very hmm. humble dude. Like, especially when you consider that he just set a world, like, just set a world record. Yeah. And just very cool dude. So, got my picture with him and my son. Very awesome. That's freaking awesome. Um, but about the competition, you know, it was, uh, so they did a Viking press was the first thing, which is, uh. Man, that's kind of hard to describe. Imagine a landmine if it were mounted like at shoulder height and it's got two handles that would kind of repu- kind of replicate um, a barbell. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and they press it overhead. They can use, you know, legs like a push press. But uh, the heaviest was... I think 345 that they were pressing overhead. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Um, the guy that won got 14 reps. And they Damn. had 60 seconds to do this. For Holy reference, shit. Julius Maddox did it for 22 reps. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Bro. Yeah. Um, so that was the first event. We just caught the tail end of it, but it was pretty cool. Uh, Nick Best was there. He's a pretty accomplished strongman. He's mm-hmm. a, but he's a little older. He's fifty-one years old now. Mark Felix was there. He's also an older guy. I think he's fifty, and he just killed it, dude. Um, but yeah, there was a deadlift ladder that was one of the events, um, and they worked up to. 8.15, I believe. Um, not a lot of people were able to do that. And it was like four deadlifts. Mm. So they started like the one for 8.15. It ended at 8.15. Before that was 7.65. Before that was 7.25. And then 6.75 was essentially the opener. Damn. But you had to do all four of those and you had 60 seconds. Oh, shit. Yeah. But the uh, the coolest event, and the one that like really just seemed the most like a strongman kind of thing, was uh, they had to pick up a sandbag and carry it 50 feet, drop it over the line, run back, pick up a keg, uh, carry it 50 feet, drop it on a sled, 
run back and pick up a Husafel stone, which is essentially like a, it's shaped like a triangle with the points cut off. But uh, anyway, it's an awkward object. Mm-hmm. Um, pick it up, carry it down, drop it on the sled, and then with two of those three objects on the sled, which weighs 250 pounds itself, you have to try and drag it down the 50 feet to cross the finish line. So, like, yeah, it, it was insane. I think the oh, the 64-kilo women's class, they were doing, like, I want to say it was, like, a 165-pound sandbag, 175-pound Husafel stone, and I forget the weight of the keg, but they're pretty close in weight between the objects, but... It's a lot of freaking weight, dude. Yeah. Yeah, um, it is. And they had, I think, 90 seconds to do all that. But just seeing the... The thing I love about live events like that, just seeing the way that people were able to push themselves, and I mean, just really lay it all out on the line. and mm-hmm. uh, You know, they've been training their asses off to do that, to be at that level. And to think that it comes down to those moments and you get to witness those moments, that is just an awesome feeling. Yeah. So that was a very long win of the week, but I feel like it was a pretty big win. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, what's your fail? So my fail, and this is a very general one, but uh, it was a pretty big fail. Um, My sleep and nutrition this week was just way, way off. Um Partially due to us being out of town, partially due to, uh, well, sometimes you have a bad day at work. Sometimes you have uh, four bad days at work in a row. <laughs> yeah. I so, uh, yeah. So, um, I kind of got back on track yesterday and today, but I could definitely feel a big difference. And, uh, I mean, I was pretty exhausted yesterday, mm-hmm. um, so I'm glad I was able to loop it back around, but, uh, just definitely not hitting my macros and eating enough and, uh, not sleeping enough. Some of it was, uh, things that were out of my control. I got oh, a little yeah. less sleep on Monday morning cause I had to go stop at Walmart and get that body pillow mm-hmm. Then I had to get up at an hour earlier than I usually do on top of that to go to a meeting. Right. Um, but, you know, that, it's something that sleep a lot of times is pretty, as parents, there's not a lot we can do about certain situations or yeah. just as adults, to be totally yeah. honest. I, I mean, mean, there you can, all right, you can do stuff, right? Because what do most people do with the last one to three hours of their night before they go to bed. The last one to three hours, what are you doing? You're just yeah. kind of fucking wasting time. You know? I mean, if you are... I'm sure... Okay. The majority of people are just relaxing, you know. Maybe they're cooking some food, getting ready for the next day. But... Mm-hmm. If you optimize your time and condense all the cooking that you need to do, you know, uh, in one night, right? Or instead of cooking every night, you cook Monday and you cook for Monday, you cook for Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Wednesday you cook for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know what I mean? Um, right. You can kind of free up more time in the other nights. But like, here's the thing. From 7.30 to 9 o'clock every night for me is like my watch TV or, you know, work out or um, do some side work. You know what I mean? Play with some epoxy in the garage. Like, that's what that time is that I use that time for, right? I could always go to bed earlier. You know what I mean? It's like 9.15 right now. Um, you know, and that leads me into my win of the week. My sleep has been fucking awesome to the point where I'm going to bed 
and there's either seven and a half or eight hours, I'll lay down in bed with the lights off and look at the time and be like, okay, I got to be up in seven and a half to eight hours. And because of my particular nighttime routine to help like get my body ready for bed in that last hour before I lay down, I'm out in minutes. So like I'm getting a good seven to seven and a half hours of sleep a night and you know, it's fucking game changer. It's been game changer for me the past week or so. Um, and it's just deciding like, okay, I'm not going to be a dumbass and stay up till 1030. Like I'm going to go to bed. Um, but then that leads me into my fail of the week, which is the nutrition. I don't think I'm eating enough. Um, I've been snacking a little bit more than I normally do. And I just need to kind of get back to, you know, meal prepping a little bit more than what I've what I've been doing. I just kind of like throw a couple meals together and call it a meal prep. Um, but I, I really need to like buckle down. And be, okay, this is going to be my breakfast. This is going to be lunch one. This is lunch two. Yada, yada, yada. So... Gotcha. That's gotcha. where I'm at for the week. Well, I mean, it's a it's a good win, and to be able to get enough rest to help you be recovered. The, in my opinion, the the sleep and the nutrition both really factor in together to help mm-hmm. you recover. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I would say that. Yeah, everybody's situation is a little a little different and I agree that there's no room to bitch if you're uh if you're spending 2 hours or an hour and a half or whatever mm-hmm. watching TV and then bitching about not getting enough sleep or something yeah. like that. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Then what what are you even bitching about? Right. If that's um, your situation like Yeah. You could watch 30 minutes less TV, go to bed earlier and get and, like, that would make a big difference for some people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just 30 minutes. So, like, yeah. It know. could be the difference between getting that complete REM cycle or waking up partway into it. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. Actually, I was pretty focused on that at one point, the REM cycles. Mm-hmm. They typically last around 90 minutes. But that is a rough estimate because it Mm -hmm. is different for everyone and i found that mine are actually slightly less than 90 minutes okay um but yeah it's something that like i would experiment with that with naps and see like when i would if i would get into a deep sleep Mm -hmm. like when i would wake up how long it would take me um but that's something that you can experiment with. And I, I keep forgetting to mention this, but you had mentioned your Felix Graves. Your yes. blue blocker mm-hmm. glasses that you wear to as part of your nighttime retre- routine. Mm-hmm. So, not going to lie here, a little skeptical of that. Are you? But then I found that my Kindle, which I like to read before bed, and mm-hmm. a lot of times uh, it's like five minutes of reading before I fall asleep. Right. But I try. But my Kindle has something called Blue Shade, which is a feature to cut out the blue light. Now, I don't Mm -hmm. know how effective that is compared to the blue blocker glasses. My iPhone also has the same feature. I -hmm. notice that as quick as I fall asleep normally, which is very quick, um... I fall asleep even faster when I have that filter on. <laughs> nice. So I was like, Hell huh, yeah, dude. There may be something into that after all. It's a thing, man. I'm telling yep. you. I'm telling yeah. you. It's a thing. So. And like, I've heard, I haven't seen them yet, but I heard Felix Gray started making glasses for kids. So that's definitely hmm. going to be on my radar. Uh, you know, especially now that it's darker earlier. Like, yeah. I pretty much just try to put them on as soon as the sun goes down. And, I mean, now that it's getting dark at 5 o'clock and I'm not going to bed until 9, I pretty, I kind of wait 
but before like before daylight savings ended it was like as soon as the sun started going down which was like 7 8 o'clock i'm throwing those on to kind of just like you know get myself nice. to tell my brain it's time to go to bed and with that i think i am going to tell my brain it's time to go to bed so i'm going to end this podcast and say thank you for listening to drive with woody fit and bauer power um if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer on the show, send us a DM. You can find me and Chris on Instagram. You can find me at uh, Woody underscore fit one three. And you can find me at Bauer Power 82. That's B-A-U-E-R-P-A-U-E-R-8-2. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hell yeah.